This podcast brought to you by ACES, the American Society of Information Science and Technology, the Society for Information Professionals, by the IA Summit, the premier gathering place for information architects and other user experience professionals, by Boxes and Arrows. Visit boxesnarrows.com slash about slash participate to be a part of your peer-written journal. And special thanks to Axure and Morin for sponsoring Boxes and Arrows, as well as the many other sponsors of the IA Summit. We devote our careers to advocating for our users, but who's advocating for us? No one is going to carry you through your career. If you want to make a major impact in this field, you're going to have to work at getting recognized. And moreover, your name has to be synonymous with quality. In this session, user experience design consultant Whitney Hess helps timid and unassertive practitioners come out of their shells and become leaders in the user experience community. Her advice is based on her own experience taking control of her career and developing an authentic and positive reputation. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. Um, I know that the title of this talk sounds uh, pretty selfish, right? Talking about yourself. But uh, let me just start off by saying that self-promotion is not the end goal. It should not be the end goal, but rather it's a means to an end. Um, I'm not in this for fame personally, and I pretty much don't think that anyone here is, because if you were, you probably chose the wrong field. But um, I just, I just want to say, you know, we each individually contribute to the health of this practice, and I want to be one of those people, and I want to help make people's lives better. And I think that in order to really do that, it's essential that we step out of the shadows and we start doing a much better job making sure that the world notices us. And we're all individually responsible for that. So really, I had a change of heart, and I changed the title of the talk to this. So our names are important, but really it's about evangelizing all of us, this practice. So who the hell am I, and why should, you should listen to me? Um, many of you don't know me, and some of you do. I'm thrilled to see friendly faces in the audience, because it calms me down quite a bit. But um, Basically, why do I have any authority to be standing up here in front of you and giving this talk? Well, when I was at the IA Summit last year, my first IA Summit, I felt great about my work. I was proud of the things that I had accomplished, but I had pretty much no involvement in the community. And today, I look around in this room, at this conference, at this community, and I see some of my closest friends. So I changed my life in a year, and that's what I'm here to talk about today. So for the next 45 minutes, I'm your motivational speaker. Uh, consider me your Tony Robbins. Um, and so who am I? I'm Whitney Hess. I'm a user experience designer, born and raised in New York. That's where I practice today. But who am I really? Um, I'm this. Um, deep, deep down inside, when I think about it, I'm really um, a cynic. I don't trust a lot of people easily. I pretty much am constantly second-guessing myself, constantly concerned with how people see me. And yet, I'm outrageously ambitious. I feel very strongly about what I do, very passionately about the practice of user experience, and so those two things don't necessarily go together. I want to be this rock star. I want to help change the world. But I 
have a lot of things that are holding me back. So I realize I'm probably a lot like you. So um, here's my story. December 07, I was at a full-time job, a very nice company. I was doing very exciting work there, but I felt like I'd plateaued. I just had this feeling. It was three years out of school. I felt like I wasn't learning much anymore. And I convinced my boss to send me to Nielsen Norman Group's user experience conference. Has anyone gone to that? OK. So I convinced him to send me. I thought it would be this great learning opportunity. It was in Las Vegas. That was going to be really fun. I just want to learn more stuff. Um, it was four days of full day workshops. And I came and I went and I didn't speak to a single person. I didn't introduce myself to the person next to me in the workshop. I didn't talk to anyone in the hallways during breaks. I ate lunch by myself. I went out by myself at night. I really came back having not given away a single business card or gotten anyone else's. And I was really ashamed of myself for that. My company had paid money to send me. I felt like I had learned some stuff, but I really hadn't gotten much out of it, not as much as I thought that I would have. And I had to admit to myself that I was my own worst enemy, that I was the one holding myself back, that it wasn't my company, it wasn't my manager, it was me, my attitude, and the way that I was interacting or not interacting with the community. And so here I am with this idea that I'm going to help change the world, I'm going to make people's lives better, I'm going to turn everyone's pleasure into pain, and I can't even open my mouth. I'm just stuck. So I kind of, I just took stock of what I really wanted, and in that moment I committed to making it happen. So tell me, what is your life's purpose? What is your vision for your life, and are you doing something today that's really going to help you get there? Do you really believe that what you are doing today is going to help you achieve your life's goals? Does anyone know Indexed? Great blog. She takes these complex life situations and she distills them into a few lines. So here's your intended career path, A your actual career path completely flat, B, and why you drink. <laughs> Prestige and money being the goal here, and like I said, not the goal for all of us, but seriously, who doesn't feel this way? I mean, who feels that their career has gone exactly the way they always hoped it would? I never did, and, and I was very soon into my career. I'd only been out of school for a few years, but I feel like over the last year, I've learned how to bring lines A and B closer together. And the way that I think that I've done that is in three ways. You have to share your message, you have to build a network, and you have to exude confidence. It's pretty obvious stuff, right? I mean, this is all common sense. But So let's just for a second talk about the subtitle of this talk. You can't change the world if no one knows your name. I've been called bullshit on this. Um, in fact, when I was talking about submitting this talk, a few people said I don't really agree with that. Um, they just they didn't agree with my premise at all, and they said, "Is your name really that important?" I mean, it's true. Plenty of people have made a tremendous difference in their respective fields, and no one's ever heard of them. Um, 
And I, I even got this tweet from Kathy Sierra, the incredible Kathy Sierra, who somehow saw that I was talking about giving this talk, and she said, you know, I believe your voice and your name can be decoupled, that one can make a difference behind the scenes. And, and I agree with her. People can make a difference behind the scenes. But the way I see it, being well-known, sharing your message, building a network, finding confidence, it gives you a lot more access to the best projects, to the hardest problems, the world's greatest challenges. But it takes a lot of hard work and practice to make it happen. So here's another card from Indexed. Essentially, I believe that everyone in here is brilliant and you all have what it takes. You have a lot of talent, but without practice, without getting yourself out there, essentially you cannot really achieve what I'm hoping many of you in this room feel can be achieved by this community of practice. So like I said, a lot of this stuff is common sense, but common sense is not common practice. Something I say all the time, it seems very obvious, but not a lot of people are doing it. So that's why I'm here today. So part one, share your message. So who in this room can explain why they're important in one sentence without any hesitation? Because I've been out to dinner with people who do what we do, I've been the person who gets asked what we do, and I think we have a really difficult time in explaining it in one sentence to people that don't know us. And if you can't explain what you do, how can anyone else explain it? You're an expert. Every single person in this room is an expert. You have to show it. So really, recognize your strengths. Understand what they are. Be able to articulate them. And accept what your weaknesses are. That's part of the game. When I went through this process, I was, I was saying on the panel that I was on before, I had to own up to the fact that there were just some things that I was not good at. And instead of trying to make my life about making my, you know, proving my weaknesses and making myself a better, more well-rounded person, I decided that that was a waste of time. Tiger Woods doesn't look at his baseball game and say, how can I be better at baseball? He looks at his golf game and he figures out how he's going to make it better with every single match that he plays. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just accept what my weaknesses were and move on. So uh, start a blog. Who has a blog? Or rather, I should say, who does not have a blog? Okay, so there are actually a good amount of people in this room that don't have blogs. You need to share your expertise. You have it. You have something and you know something that no one else knows and it's inside of you and you're not letting it out. So start a blog. Now, there's this great cartoon by Hugh McLeod who draws cartoons at gapingvoid.com and he makes fun of blogging and of course he has a blog, but I think what this is really about is focus. We have very specific skills and we should be focusing on them and when you're blogging, you should be writing about those things and you should be explaining to the world what your expertise is, making it digestible and sharing that knowledge. So stay focused and be honest because it's all written down and everyone's going to find it later and write often. 
Just keep writing. Every new insight you have, share it. There is absolutely no reason. It's helping no one to keep it locked inside of you. Write, speak, teach. I'm speaking here for the first time. Last year's summit was my first. I have really very little experience speaking in front of crowds like this. My heart is you know, beating out of my chest. I am nervous right now, but I'm speaking anyway because I think it's important and I think that everyone here knows something that they could be speaking on, so I encourage you to submit. And it doesn't have to be to a conference like this if you feel that you know less about this subject, but I guarantee you that if you went to a general tech conference and you try to talk about user experience, they would listen. Teaching is the same way. I sought out um, NYU. I had a friend who taught there because I'm based in New York. The School of Continuing and Professional Studies has programs about, all about user experience, usability, IA, and I said, hey, here's my resume. I am a professional in this space. I'm not just trying to teach something I don't know about, and they jumped at the chance to have me. So get yourself out there and be a voracious reader. Share what you learn constantly. Use Twitter. Who here is not on Twitter? All right, see me afterwards. Um, if you believe that you have something worth saying, you have to be on Twitter. A blog is very important. It's great for deep knowledge. It's great for sharing your thinking. But Twitter is real time, and it will allow you to share that message very widely. Share your ideas and opinions. They're valuable. You should be getting them out of your head, OK? Involve yourself in the conversations in the community. Find people who inspire you. S someone that you saw that gave a great talk. You saw Jared Spool talk here, and he totally excited you. Find him on Twitter and follow him. See what he does every day. Engage him in conversations. Find your voice. Find a way to get yourself out there. Reply to everyone who replies to you, and I don't mean just any stupid comment, but engage with the people who want to engage with you. We're all just having conversations here. We're all helping each other get to a better place. And don't be a lurker. There's no reason in signing up for Twitter and then never looking at it. There's no reason to watch what people say and never respond. Engage. You have something valuable to add. Avoid negativity. You may feel it. Don't express it. Um, it will always come back to bite you. And here's a great cartoon from The New Yorker that I absolutely love. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say may be used against you in a court of law, newspapers, periodicals, radio, television, all electronic media, and technologies yet to be invented. So believe it. If you put it out there, and even if you delete that tweet, I can still find it because it's indexed. And for goodness sake, don't drunk tweet. You thought it was really funny last night, it wasn't. Um, and everyone saw it before you woke up. Remember, Google is your resume. Resumes, pretty much not important anymore. If you think you are going to go into any organization and they're not going to Google you first, you're crazy. And if that organization doesn't Google you, I don't know that that's a place you want to work. So everything you put out there is going to speak volumes about who you are, what you're about, and what you're trying to achieve in your life. So be smart about it. And remember, you are a representative of us. 
That's what this is all about. This isn't about fame. It's not about self-promotion. It's about going out into the world to stop talking to each other and to start promoting us, the practice of user experience professionals in the universe, okay? That's what we're all here for. So how do you do that? You have to build a network. You have to go big. And I heard this once, this quote, um, in a class that I took at my last employer. They had this professional development curriculum, and I took this class. I signed up for it because I had to take it. It was called Kickstart. Or no, it was called, uh, you know, How to Network or something, and I thought it was really stupid. And I went to it, and this woman said a very smart quote. The opposite of networking is not working. Networking sounds like a dirty word. A lot of people don't like to do it, um, but you have to do it. You must do it, okay? And you don't have to be an extrovert. Believe it or not, I'm not. A lot of people who know me think that I am, some of them in this room, but naturally I'm not an extrovert. I am an only child, I'm very used to being alone, I'm very happy spending a night by myself watching TV. I could spend a whole weekend not leaving the house. This takes a lot of work for me. Like this is a lot of mental energy just to stand in front of you guys right now, to come to this conference. So the way that I did it was I started online. And it's a good place to start, not to end, but it's a good place to start. And there are the typical ways. We've got LinkedIn. Now, connect with everyone you know, everyone. If you've worked with them, if you met them from a professional situation, connect to them. Seek them out. Do your address book search, whatever. But Ayatollah says you know because you shouldn't be adding people you don't know. People that you don't know personally. Don't just try to build numbers because it looks impressive that you have a collection of people on LinkedIn. You're vouching for these people because they're connected to you. So make sure you know them. For those that you do know and the ones that you've worked with, you should be writing recommendations for them. If you had a great experience with them at work, you had a great experience with them in the past, they were a wonderful manager, they were a great vendor, you should be writing them a recommendation. You're vouching for them. You are showing that you appreciate them, and I guarantee you they're going to write a recommendation back for you. In fact, LinkedIn prompts them to. Um, and lastly, ch change your pro profile settings. There's absolutely no reason that you should be private in any way on, this, on LinkedIn or on any social network. You should allow them to see your avatar, put a real picture of yourself up there. You should allow them to see your website info, your work history, whatever. Make yourself public. So using Twitter to network, it is definitely, it's worked for me. It's gotten me pretty much every job since I have become a consultant, and that was seven months ago. So use your real name. You don't have to use your real name and your username if you don't want to, but use your real name in your bio. Use that one-liner that we talked about before, that one sentence in English, no jargon, that describes why you're important. Put that in your bio and link to your blog. Because yes, Twitter is a lot of noise, but the people who are Twittering actually have a lot more to say, and you're one of them. If you link to your blog, it gives people the opportunity to find out what you have to say in a different context. And, you know, ha, 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 don't use protection. I like to be silly about it. But there's no reason to protect your tweets. Um, if you want to use Twitter to reach out to the universe, having your account protected is going to prevent you from doing that. Because if I have a conversation with someone and I reference you, and someone else sees it and they want to find out who you are, and they go to your page and they can't see any of your tweets, they don't know 
what you're talking about, who you're talking with, and they have no reason to follow you. So instead of protecting yourself, instead you should maybe think harder about what you say and put a lot more out there professionally, perhaps, but definitely don't hide. And Facebook, um, I would just say proceed with caution. I haven't had much success using Facebook for professional purposes, perhaps because I was actually in college when it came out. I just don't see it that way. I think it's weird, um, but it may work for you, so don't listen to me. For me, I just only want to connect to my friends on there. I don't have my client. I'm not connected to clients. I'm not connected to a whole lot of professional people. It's just a different space. And I wouldn't, I think that it feels very inauthentic when you're trying to connect and get your message out on Facebook, which is really supposed to be about something else. And just there's a whole slew of other social networks. And in any one that you choose, I would just always say, link back to your blog. Remember that your blog is a resource for all of the great information that you've put in it. It shows what an expert you are and it, it should be constantly linked to so that other people can find it without having to search for it. Use the same email address so that you can always be found no matter what and try to use the same username. The point is be findable. Be one person. Don't try to have all these separate identities. Just be one lovable, smart person who's real in all of these different realms so that you can reach as many people as possible. And now that you've done all this work online, get out of the house. So first of all, congrats because you're here. It's not easy for everyone to come to a conference. I know that because it really wasn't easy for me. And you should definitely be commended for even knowing that this conference exists and finding a way to get here. So you're off to the right start. Accept invitations. I would get asked by colleagues for years to join them for some social event or some other thing. And I would just say, uh, no, I'm busy. And I would just want to stay home instead because I didn't feel like putting up a front and you know, going through all this stuff. I didn't want to do it. But I realized the more invitations I started accepting, the more I was meeting people and learning from them and getting my message out there. Seek out events. I don't care where you live. There are events in our field and tech events everywhere, okay? They're everywhere. You just have to find them. IXCA local chapters, UPA, IEI. I meet up, go on meetup.com and search for information architecture, search for user experience. They're everywhere. And if you don't see one that you like, start your own. I mean, that's the beauty of having a lot of followers on Twitter. You can say, hey, everyone who is in St. Louis, who considers themselves an interaction designer, or user experience designer, why don't we meet up next Friday and chat? And you're going to get people to show up. And there you go. You didn't need an organization. You just created your own amazing opportunity to learn from other people and share with them. And if group situations are not your thing, just ask someone to coffee. Do it once a week. Find someone you're in your area and just go to coffee and learn from them. You're not only going to be learning from them, they're going to be learning from you and they're, you're going to be top of mind in their head. The next time that they get asked about someone, that, a professional that they need a vendor for, they need a user experience designer, they'll be remembering the meeting that they had with you last week. So it's not just for fun. This is all about 
getting yourself out there. So it's, it's like carpe diem, right? Is length of obituary with relation to opportunities seized. Just every opportunity that comes your way, take it. Nothing is beneath you, nothing is too above you, nothing's out of your reach, just do everything. So some tips for overcoming shyness, because I know that my closest friends don't consider me to be shy, but I actually am very shy with people that I don't know. I found that if I had a goal before I went somewhere, so when I went to Interaction 08, after having gone to the user experience conference the December before and having met no one, um, I decided three months later when I went to Interaction 08 that I was going to meet somebody that I could know in New York, and that when I went back to New York, that person would help me kind of get out and start going to some of these meetings, and they would help me meet more people. I had a single goal. So you figure out what your goal is, okay? And I realize now we're at the end of the conference, and maybe you can't put it into practice here, but put it into practice when you're back at home, the next event, the next conference. Just pick one person in the room to talk to. It doesn't have to be everyone. You don't have to go into a crowded room where everyone's drinking aloud and think, oh my God, this is too much, I can't handle it. Just choose one person, look around, find someone interesting, and just go for them. Um, it's good to have something to talk about. A lot of us freeze up, so if you're being a voracious reader and finding out everything that's going on in the field, then you should have a blog post or an article or a book or something that you've read recently in your head to talk about and you'll get their perspective and you'll share your perspective. And now this person that you're meeting all of a sudden has a better understanding of what you're thinking about and that helps. And also, ask people to introduce you to others. So when I went to Interaction 08, the only people I knew in the room was my manager, because he was on the board of IXDA, and a guy that I worked with three years prior who happened to have a big network, David Armano. So I shuffled up, and I stood next to them very timidly, and I'm sure that they were like, what is she doing, and why is she standing next to me? And I said, well, hey, so who do you think I should meet here? And that isn't a tough question to ask someone that you already know and have a relationship with and respects you. But they're going to introduce you to other people and it'll take the pressure off of you having to approach someone else. That was the hardest thing for me. Once I was introduced, I could take the conversation from there. But being that kind of weirdo who walks up and is like, hi, I'm Whitney, I, it just felt so unnatural to me and I didn't want to do it. So that's what I figured out to do. And then maximize your profits. So you're really going at, coming out of your shell. You're doing things that don't feel natural. Make sure that it's worth it. Always, always, always carry your card, okay? Even if you have a very quick drive-by kind of experience with somebody, at least you can drop your card. That card will be on their desk later. They may look up your website. And remember, you started this amazing blog with all of your great thoughts, and now they're going to go to it, and they're going to learn more about you. They're going to find you on Twitter, they're going to start following you, and it's just going to skyrocket from there. There are plenty of people that I had just kind of drive-by meetings with in person that ended up contacting me the next week once they were shuffling through all the cards they got and said, hey, I just saw this blog post, and it was just the top post on my blog, which I didn't really think much anyway. God, that was interesting. Like, what do you think about such and such? And their friendship is born. 
follow up with everyone. There's really no reason not to. You got a bunch of cards here. Go home, add those people to LinkedIn, find them on Twitter, send them emails telling them how nice it was to meet them. I know this stuff sounds so obvious, but how many of you are actually being diligent about it? I mean, I found that as soon as I started really connecting with people, they remembered me. Um, and find out what people are working on. It, it sounds kind of odd, but I realized that if I started asking people what they do, where they live, where they work, the kind of projects they're interested in, suddenly my network meant a lot more to me because they all became people that I could go back to in the future when I had a question. So Fred Beecher had a great presentation about prototyping and now when I have a, com a question about prototyping, he's probably going to be at the top of my list for someone that I'm going to ask about it. Now, I could have just said, oh, he was a nice guy that I met at the summit and moved on. But I'm going to remember, consciously remember, that he loves prototyping and gave a great talk about it. And so I'm going to file that away. Remember everything. I know it's hard for a lot of people to remember names and remember faces. And I know it's hard. We don't have a lot of control over it. But make a conscious effort to remember because people will be pleased when you see them again and you remember them and you remember where they live and you remember that they had a little girl and so on and so forth. It goes a long way. Because really what this is all about is that we are each other's resources. And that's why this is an amazing community, because we are so diverse, because we have so many differing interests and differing backgrounds and perspectives. We can't be everything. Like I said before, part of this is accepting your weaknesses, recognizing your strengths. So put your best strengths out there, and then you have to supplement whatever those weaknesses are with the great people that you meet. And then none of this is possible if you don't have confidence. So like I said before, I am naturally introverted. I am naturally shy. But the people who know me don't believe it because I've done a really good job of convincing them otherwise. So here's this great quote from Henry Ford. If you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So please stop thinking negatively. It holds you back. You will not be able to achieve your life's mission if you don't think that you can. So just give it up. Bury it deep, deep down. So I took one of these other professional courses at my last job that was called Kickstart Your Confidence, and I thought it was super cheesy. But I learned this amazing thing that I never knew. There are three types of confidence. Oh my god. There's confidence in yourself, so finding that inner confidence. There's making others feel confident in you, so all the people that are so sure that I'm confident, I've done a really good job convincing them of that. And then there's helping people find confidence in themselves. And I had never thought about it this way. And I had always thought the people in my life are so crazy, they think I'm confident because I have, you know, because I speak out and I'm opinionated and so on and so forth. But I realized that I was great at number two. I was great at making others feel confident in me, but I was really lacking in self-confidence. And I wanted to learn what it would take to build confidence in others. And that is something that I'm still very much working on and, and want to do. I want to help people build their own confidence, and that's part of why I'm even here. So finding confidence in yourself is really about 
recognizing what you've done in the past and not say, you know, not selling yourself short. You've all done amazing work in this room. I'm sure of it. And so recognize it, accept it, be proud of it. Um, again, think about your strengths and take risks because as if you keep doing things that are scary, they won't be scary anymore. And then naturally you'll feel more confident. And act as if, I mean, this was a really big piece for me. I was feeling cra crazily shy, really um, dubious about reaching out to the community, and I had to pretend like I thought I was worthy. And once you do that and you do it often enough, eventually you'll believe it. So, um, making others feel confident in you. It's about being decisive, not being afraid to make decisions, making them quickly, and recognizing that nothing in life is permanent. I don't care what it is, just make the decision and move on. You can always change course later. Be opinionated. I never had any trouble with this, and that's part of why I think a lot of people think that I'm really outgoing and confident in everything, because I have a lot of opinions and I'm willing to say them, but I'm also willing to support them. So believe in what you know and be willing to stand up for it. People will respect you. And be willing to walk away. I mean, when there's negativity around you, do not engage in it. Get right out, because it's only going to bring you down. You're only going to perpetuate it. Just walk away. And on the other side of the coin of that is be open to feedback. Not everything is negativity. If someone's trying to help you, if someone is reaching out and saying, I care enough to give you this feedback, listen to them, really, and, and ask for it. That's really hard for people. If you're in an organization where you're not getting consistent feedback from your manager and you're kind of unsure and it's, you're losing confidence in your abilities because of it, then start asking for it. I mean, you have to be prepared to hear things you may not want to hear, but do it because that's how you learn and grow and that's where you're going to build confidence. And don't react emotionally. Like I said before, don't drunk tweet. There's no reason to be emotional, okay? You can vent privately. There's no reason to come back at someone publicly. Take them down. You're just going to go down with them. Admit your mistakes. It's healthy. We all have had failures in our lives, and we continue to. That's how we learn. You don't have to call them failures, but you can just recognize when something went wrong and accept it and learn from it and move on. And lastly, just shut up. I mean, there are so many people that just blab on and on and on because they have no confidence and they just want to cover it up, and they're, you're in a conversation with them, and you all know someone like this, and they just won't shut up. And it really is their own insecurity, okay? Just accept that. You know, I love this quote, and I also love that when you Google it, you can't find out who said it. Oh my God, it's so funny. But God gave us two ears and one mouth to use in proportion. Just listen. You'll be amazed at how much you learn if you just stop talking and you start listening to what other people have to say. And really all this amounts to is becoming a leader. Organize events, like I said, that will help people recognize that you have the network to get people together, you have the confidence to ask, you want to encourage a community, you want to help shepherd us into a better place. 
Um, be a mentor. The IAI has an amazing mentorship program, as do a lot of other organizations. You don't have to have a lot of experience to be a mentor. If you don't want to call it mentorship, call it coffee. Um, <laughs> give feedback to other people. That's part of what I was saying on LinkedIn. There's nothing wrong with just unsolicitedly giving someone a recommendation. People will, rec will really recognize you for that. And also give other people recognition when they do something great. I mean, be just be honest when and give credit where credit is due. It will take you a long way because people remember that. And uh, just connect the dots. I mean, there's a lot going on here, and if you can synthesize all the various things going on, you will surely be looked to for advice in the future. So this is what this is about. This is about communicating hope optimism and enthusiasm. And I think that the thing that has helped me the most over this past year is that I came into a place that was supposedly the house divided and I didn't even know it and all I felt was love from this community and I kept repeating it back. I kept saying how in love I was with everyone that I met, how inspired I was, and I had all these channels on which I was communicating that and I think that people wanted to remember that again and wanted to be around me because of it. And I didn't realize how much it was missing, but I am really optimistic about where things are going. We are banding together, and I do believe that the more we unify and the wider net you cast, the more people are around to help us get there. That's really what this is about. We all, we're all helping each other get to a better place. So really, don't feed the trolls. Do not feed the trolls, and I know this is used mostly in an online sense, but essentially ignore the haters, because I learned a long time ago that the more you are doing things right, the more people have to say about you. Now, it is just playing true in my life in the past year. I never ha heard a negative word against me, and now that I'm really standing up for myself, and now that I'm doing what I love, and now that I'm connecting with amazing people, all of a sudden someone has things to say about it. But really, those people aren't happy, and you can ignore them. Just find your own happiness and your own fulfillment and pursue your life's purpose. And those people are pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things. So be reliable and be grateful for everything that we already have and everything that we're capable of creating together. There are no rules. This is just a guideline. I'm totally making it up. Um, don't listen to me, really. I mean, I hope that you do. But if any of this doesn't sound right to you, feel free to ignore it. This is just what worked for me. And my life has changed dramatically over the past year. And so when I was asked to describe this, how this all happened, and people were asking me that, it was all I could come up with. This was how I did it. I reflected a lot. This is what I did. It may not work for you. It may not be the path you want to take. but this is what worked for me, and you should follow your gut. That's what I did. So my high school motto was go forth unafraid, and I'll say that to you. Go forth unafraid, and thank you very much for listening.
Thank you so much. Well, I am very happy to take questions and feel free to challenge anything that you heard me say. Um, there is a microphone that's available for use and what you say will be recorded. If you don't go up to the mic, I'll probably uh, repeat it. Anything else you want me to say? Okay. Thank you so much for listening, guys. It means a lot to me and I'm thrilled that that's over. <laughs> Hi, Liz. Thank you so much. Hi. Um, I meet a lot of smart people, especially in this event, and I know of their work, and I know that they're awesome, but I see some people have a really hard time bringing that to the surface. Like, I know just because I know them personally, but some of them have a really hard time conveying that for themselves. Do you have any advice for people who have just trouble bringing that out? Yeah, I think a lot of people want to be modest. I think a lot of people look around the room and there are other amazing people here. I mean, Jared Spool's at the back of the room. He's one of my, now he's gonna get embarrassed, but he's one of my mentors. And when I think about sharing my experiences with him, it is humbling. I mean, he's experienced a lot and has accomplished a lot. And I don't feel like I've done anything in comparison to you, to you, to any of the people that I know in the audience. So it can be really hard to put yourself out there because you feel like it's gonna be judged and you feel like you're not using the right methods and people are gonna criticize your deliverables. And I mean, honestly, my experience has been that 95 or more percent of the people in this community want to help and are welcoming and aren't judging because they've been judged because we've all been in situations in our own organizations where we're completely misunderstood and where we can't do great work and I think everyone really wants to support each other and encourage each other so that's why to the people who don't have blogs in here I, I mean it's okay if you don't want to shout it out but I really want to know privately why you're not doing it and I want to just knock down every reason that you have for not doing it I don't have the time I don't have the expertise I can't set up a blog I don't know WordPress whatever there's no reason you can't be blogging my mom is blogging okay you can be blogging and I guarantee you no offense to my mom you could put better stuff out there so you there's just no reason. There's no reason at all. I know people want to be modest, but it's not getting anyone anywhere. Come up to the mic or whatever. Uh, actually, well, thank you. That was actually very positive and encouraging. Hi, Chris. And, uh, hello. And um, actually, my question, just to go back to the whole the BS page, mm -hmm. and uh, to, your, to your point, you know, you can't change the world without you know, people knowing who you are and so forth. So. You've done a remarkable job at building up such a great name for yourself. Um, so how do you want to change the world? Very personal, but I think it'd be very No, good. that's be a very fair question. Out. I mean, basically. How does Whitney want to change the world? <laughs> you know, it's not that I see it as a personal question. Um, I guess that I, I see it as a really difficult question because I don't know how I'm going to change the world yet. I've never had a five-year plan. I don't know that I really buy into them or ever really cared to, to have one. But I do believe that I can change the world. I believe that I have empathy. I believe that I care enough about people to help 
fix things that are broken around them. That's always been my personality. I feel that I can help to identify what the real problems are. I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking they understand the problem when they don't. And the reason for all of this for me is that I want to have access to the biggest challenges, to the biggest problems, and I want to affect as many lives as possible. And I realized even though I was enjoying creating financial software to help institutional traders trade large blocks of stock anonymously and electronically, that wasn't fulfilling my life's purpose. I was helping people find a way to trade better. Okay, that was great. And, and I know that for the people that I met, the users of that software, that they were grateful that we even had a user experience group. But that, that, that wasn't enough for me. I want to reach as many people as possible. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I, I have to try. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. All I wanted to do was thank Whitney for bringing fresh voices and more importantly, asking everybody who's scared out there to bring their fresh voices forward. The only way that our practice is going to evolve is for people to have courage to say something different. So as somebody who's been here every 10 years, I'm so glad and grateful that you have the courage and the grace and the style to stand up there and say something new. Because when there's nothing new to say at this place, I'm not coming back for 11 and 12. So thank you, Whitney. That means a lot to me, Christina. Thank you so, so much for saying that. That means a lot to me. Um, well, I wanted to say great job and thanks for putting this topic off. Uh, many, many of us are introverts and um, very modest, as you put it. Uh, but what I mostly wanted to see is that you need to see your Twitter responses right now. <laughs> it was incredible to see their reaction of people while you were speaking. And Chris there, back there was suggesting that this should be required reading for everyone who's coming for the first time to the Don't summit. Don't make me cry. Stop. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I, and I do, what, what do you think is the first thing I'm going to do as soon as I step off the stage? <laughs> but don't wait. I'm not going to look now. Because I see a bunch of guys in the back hall together and they're totally freaking me out back there. Hi, guys. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah. Um, first off, uh, that was badass. Thank um, you. Secondly... Um, secondly, uh, you, you address trolls or haters as they're called. Yeah. Um, I give, just, just give you a little example. In my personal life, as I've grown professionally, when you're in your, your personal circles talking about your life, you know, your friends, at least a few friends in my life, have started to get, I, I, I don't want to think they're jealous, but they definitely have got that hate on. You know, it's like, if I go out and say I bought a brand new Honda Civic, they're like, well, I bought a Honda Pilot. So whenever mm -hmm. we talk... No, you're so, right. Whenever we talk about work or whatever else, there seems to be more hating. So I'm curious, how do you deal with haters, both professionally and personally? Well, that is a great, great question. And I definitely have experienced disappointment from some of the people that were in my life before I started on this journey. So let me just be honest about that. I mean, there are people in my life that aren't on Twitter, that don't give a shit about my blog, that don't give a shit about this community at all. And because I've invested so much in it in the last year, there has been a lot of disappointment on their part as to why I'm less 
available, why I'm traveling so much. Um, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. But ultimately, if you're the people in your life don't support you in the choices that you make when you're not hurting anyone and you're just trying to fulfill your life's purpose and you're trying to find happiness and you're trying to help people, then they really don't care about you. And those people can just disappear as far as I'm concerned because I have never had a bad word to say about how anyone conducts their life and the choices that they make if they're not hurting people and they're making themselves happy. I've never tried to dissuade anyone from doing anything. And that's both professionally and personally. I think that there is a lot less of a line between the two than we often try to draw. Um, and I, that was very much what I discovered in this process. I, my first tweet, and I think I favorited it, and if you go back, 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 you can find it. I think my first tweet was thinking of ways to expand my professional network. And I ended up finding some of the best friends that I never imagined I could have that were all different ages and all different backgrounds and that have supported me more than sometimes my own parents. I mean, that's the reality because everyone here knows what it's like to be one of us. And that is the beauty of this community. And so I think it's really important that we remember that and we ignore the people that have negative things to say about us, whether they say it to our faces, behind our backs, try to hide it as something else, um, ignore them because those people just aren't very happy. Anyone else? I know we're encroaching on, on the, the closing plenary. So thank you again so, 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 so much for listening. Thank you. To hear even more presentations from the 2009 IA Summit, point your browser to boxsnarrows.com and click on the podcast link. There you'll find access to the iTunes feed and more information about each presentation. Our heartfelt thanks to the organizers and sponsors of the 10th Annual IA Summit, the presenters, and of course to the global community. We look forward to feedback about future episodes that will be of greatest value to you, our listeners.